Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we finally get to stop running from our past. After many release delays, we are joined by podcasting's pop culture aficionado and the MCU host who assures us each week that there was an idea. I'm delighted to welcome back Tara to the podcast. Welcome back, TK. Welcome, Tara. Hello, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here and talk about Black Widow. So fantastic. It's been so long, <laughs> and I'm so glad that we're finally getting to realize this episode together. Yeah, this has been like close to a year in the making. So <laughs> I tell you what, it, I'm just gonna start here. It was so fun to like because we have our group text and the text and was like, I've seen it <laughs> and and then get the reaction from Tara. Um, and then also know that Trey was basically the movie you saw was starting right mm-hmm. as I was coming out. Uh, it was just, I don't know, having that feeling again, cause you haven't, you know, I'm, I'm used to that with friends with the MCU movies and, and it's, it's, it's so good to do it again. Yeah. And I, I think just like an added layer of it. And obviously we didn't plan this, but Jude, you took the morning shift. I took the midday shift, and Tara, you ended up taking the night shift. So basically, <laughs> among the three of us, one of us was at the theaters throughout the entire day, which is just so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that too. And the, the my family's in town. Uh, I ended up seeing the movie with them, which is why I saw it a little later than I had planned to. And when I got the text from you, Jude, that you had seen it and Trey was in the theater, I, I shared it with them. I was like, I was like, oh man, I was like, <laughs> my podcasting friends are in there now, like you know. <laughs> Um, just getting really pumped about it. It's just dawning on me. I forgot to circle back to it because I got the text, obviously in real time, but I didn't get to check it until the the movie was over. And I was sitting there waiting for the end tag to happen. And I was almost about to text. I was like, oh, wait, Tara hasn't seen this yet. So I had to like backspace my text before I said anything. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Of course, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously we're going to be talking about Black Widow today. But before we begin, Tara, I wanted to take some time to spotlight There Was an Idea. Um, you know, currently you're in your season five of the podcast, which has been encompassing your exploration of Loki. Uh, how have you been enjoying the Loki series and in turn this season of your podcast? Yeah, thanks, Trey. I have been loving Loki mm-hmm. so much. I have always been a huge fan of Loki's character and was very excited for this Disney Plus show. Probably more than any other Disney Plus show. I think when you and I spoke back in December about the Disney Investor Day announcements, I want to say that I claimed at the time on your show that I asserted that Loki was the show I was Mm -hmm. most excited for. Mm -hmm. I don't, I may be wrong because (laughs) I think if you, depending on which day you asked me, I may have had a different Uh answer to that. But regardless, Loki was something I was really looking forward to for a long time. And it's been, you know, I, I, I know we've talked about this before, but the run of all the Disney Plus shows and putting out podcast episodes week to week throughout WandaVision and then Falcon and now Loki is a lot to, you know, watch these episodes and process them fairly quickly before turning around a conversation with somebody else about them mm-hmm. and, you know, reflecting on the the characters and the themes and all of that week to week. So it's been interesting and uh, it, it, I'm calling it my season five because Five is Loki, four was Falcon, three mm-hmm. was WandaVision. And then prior to that, I did kind of two different, to me, they were conceptually distinct runs mm-hmm. of mo- movie deep mm-hmm. dives. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to being back 
in the realm of a film and looking at how Marvel does a movie as opposed to the TV show format. And it's been it's been really interesting to just engage with this content that I love so much in so many different ways in the realm of talking about it with other people and putting my my own thoughts out there into the world. So it's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very enjoyable part of my week and and just almost in and out of each week you find new people to talk about which just creates wonderful conversations. So, yeah. Very very happy to yeah. to hear that it's going well. Mm-hmm. You know what I find interesting uh friends, you know, like I said we we talk about Marvel stuff in the MCU but in the past year since doing the podcast and in particular with the episodes you know, and, and some have been on a friend, Daniel, TJ, uh, mentioned my friend Ken. Oh, I know there's, there's people I'm forgetting my friend, Sean, but I, I'm finding that, that as soon as someone sees it, they're texting me or asking me my thoughts or, are you going to talk about this? Or are you going to talk about that? Uh, do you get that same thing? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, I have, you know, when I first started the podcast project, which is pretty much a year to the date almost, um, this oh, week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting. Happy on that. one year! Thank you. Yeah, happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. It's it's a lot to to kind of think about, but I, you know, especially when I first started out and was looking at one movie at a time, I was sometimes asking people who I knew to guest on a particular episode, and maybe they hadn't seen that movie prior, or maybe they hadn't even seen any MCU prior, and so so some of those people have since become fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them haven't as much. Um, But anybody who I was somewhat responsible for kind of getting into the MCU in the first place uh, has definitely been, they they come to me with their reactions to each new thing Mm -hmm. they watch and asking me for for my for my, um, my take on it. And I certainly don't mind it. You know, it's something that I, uh, I feel excited that I was able to share my love for this world with other people and then it's kind of spread. Mm-hmm. But th- probably the the funniest one to me is my mom, <laughs> who um, historically hadn't been into the MCU in any real way. I mean, like had some familiarity with it, had seen some of the movies, was very familiar with the comic characters growing up. But then once I got into this project and she saw how much I was spending time on it and she she kind of like got back into the world herself and it's always so amusing to get texts from her about like the latest episode of Loki (laughs) or whatever it may be. So it's, um, it's definitely become part of that thing. It's one of my identity markers at at work. And I know Jude, we've talked about Mm -hmm. that, but like, it's one of the things, Oh, people know you do a Marvel podcast. So (laughs) they're going to come at you with their, with their Marvel (laughs) questions. uh, But Hey, there are worse things to be known. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's very fitting to me that, hearing these stories about how you've introduced people to the MCU or reintroduced them and and kind of brought them together. It's so fitting that your podcast is called There Was an Idea because you are becoming like the Nick Fury of the friends and family getting them (laughs) together for this. And I love it. I love that. I've never thought of it that way, but now I'm not going to give that up. I really like that. Yes, (laughs) yes. Fantastic. (laughs) Of course, if you're listening, you should definitely check it out. It's called There Was an Idea a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast available on most podcasts, and uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. But of course, 
If you download this episode, you know we're going to be discussing Black Widow. This isn't the the deep dive. This is more just kind of our initial reactions. We all have just seen it yesterday. Uh, so we're going to take some time to give some general reactions and some pre-spoiler thoughts. So, Tara, if we can start with you, uh, what did you think? I loved this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing... I, I've loved the Disney Plus shows. I really have. We've talked about all of them. WandaVision is something that is so special mm-hmm. to me. I genuinely enjoyed a lot of what Falcon did. I'm loving Loki, but there was something about this being a movie mm-hmm. that was just so thrilling and just reminded me of what Marvel does within the movie format. And I I absolutely loved this movie. I was engaged every single second of this film. And I, as it was unfolding, as I was watching it, I was just processing how, just how good it felt and how how special this movie really felt Mm -hmm. to me. So I just felt like the combination of the emotional aspect, the, the character moments, the fight scenes and the set pieces, and just how it all came together. I thought that it was effective in all of those categories and immediately stood out to me as being having the qualities that are among my favorite movies in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that where I've enjoyed, uh, you know, the Disney plus shows I've enjoyed getting to get the, the conversations and new Marvel content, but it's just, it's not the same for me. I mm-hmm. just, I love going to the theater. I love seeing it on the big screen. And this character in particular, having, you know, should have had a movie way before now and finally getting to see that. And they pulled it off. Like it, it as a prequel, they pulled it off as, you know, giving her or fulfilling, you know, filling out her story maybe is the way I should put it. It's just, it was so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think we're all three having a very similar feeling uh, because that was one of the first things I wrote is that, you know, I know I've, I've had my qualms with the Disney Plus shows, but I, I've I've enjoyed them. But there's there's something about watching the MCU return to form. Like this is where they started with the movies and it, it definitely felt like a different experience. So often I think we keep saying like, oh, this felt like it could have been on the big screen with these Disney Plus shows. Everything in Black Widow is like, oh, this is the big screen. This is what mm-hmm. this is what they're trying to accomplish feeling wise. But this is exactly what I've been missing. And there is a level of bittersweetness to this film because, of course, Black Widow could handle their own solo movie. Like it was perfect. And it took way too long, but I'm so thankful that we got this movie because it it really felt almost like a greatest hits collection of Natasha, as well as like celebrating everything she's done in the MCU, but with a much deserved focus of the front and center uh, hero of the story. So Mm -hmm. in short, I liked it a lot. Nobody can see it, but I was vigorously nodding my head through everything you were saying, Trent. I love it. Thank you. Well, Uh, yeah, go ahead. 
No, let's say let's play the sound. Let's go for it. So yeah, we uh, even though we're not doing the most important topics, we are going to go ahead and give you a spoiler warning. So on the other side of the spoiler queue, it's going to be fair game of everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. So now that we're here in the spoiler section, I think one of the easiest places that we can start with is just simply, Tara, how did this movie expand your understanding of Natasha? Yeah, so I have always been a fan of Natasha and have always considered her to be among my favorite characters in the MCU. But after seeing this installment, she is like solidly top tier character who I think has had a a complete satisfying inspiring just awesome arc in Mm -hmm. the MCU and I was thinking about the many ways in which I've talked on your podcast and on mine about how I feel very inspired by Steve Rogers and I think that there's a lot that Natasha and Steve Rogers have in common and I've always kind of thought that, um, but in this episode, in this episode, oh my goodness, um, (laughs) in this installment in the MCU, in this chapter of her story, I think that we got to see so much more of how she has survived and overcome extreme pain and trauma. And she, to echo what she says in her conversation with Steve in Endgame, she's still trying Mm -hmm. to be better. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. loved seeing that chapter. It felt like this chapter was missing. And like you guys already mentioned, I I wish we had gotten it years ago. But then I also found myself thinking, maybe if this movie had come years ago, maybe it wouldn't have been quite the same. And so I will take it for what it is. And I, I just love being able to circle back and see this part of her story that feels consistent with what we then saw in Infinity War and Endgame and makes her story that much more powerful and sad. Like, I felt mm. so sad mm-hmm. for this person who is, is not <laughs> yeah. even real. But she felt very real to me in, in watching this movie, knowing where her story was going to go. And I... I know there's there's some discourse out there and and maybe we'll we'll talk about this. A lot of people are really excited about the Yelena character and Florence Pugh's um performance uh-huh. and I am too. I think she's incredible for the record. I love her, but I I don't want that to take away from what I think was a really really good swan song for Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I thought her performance in this was beautiful. And I there I think there was a lot to Natasha that felt like it felt like it was in the series before, but we just didn't mm-hmm. get to see it and, and it mm-hmm. didn't feel as earned. And so this is what that's what this movie really kind of filled mm-hmm. in for me. Well, I, I say for me, it helps in that that transition to this leadership role. I mean, because if, if you think about we, we first see her in. You know, Iron Man two side character uh, Trey and I talked about the you know issues with how she was portrayed. You know, just the character and the female character and and stuff. But then you get Avengers, you know, and she she's prominent there. But it's not until you know, I mean, in, in Age of Ultron, uh, it's a little bit better. But you know, you really see her start becoming less of a 
a, a more of a mainstay to put it that way, maybe in uh, civil war. And then mm-hmm. clearly like mm-hmm. in an end game after the snap, like she is the one holding things together. Um, and so it was great to see what she went through, you know, the, and, and what she, the, the lessons she had to take away and learn from that experience in order to go do what was necessary for infinity war and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to borrow what you were saying, Tara, that it, it felt like a missing piece that I think that is 100% where I'm at because I think if you look um, similar to what you were highlighting, Jude, of her arc in the MCU prior to this, I mean, her growth feels like going from feeling like she had nothing but the next mission to mm-hmm. finally recognizing that, like, oh, she found a family. And mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. and we saw what she was willing to give up, everything, in in-game to bring that family back. And this... Like, I don't want to take away from that because I do think that is an incredible arc in Endgame that she was on. But I remember specifically in our our very misguided what to expect episode a year ago when we <laughs> thought it was coming out soon. I said that the thing that I was expecting in Black Widow is to feel in that piece of how she got to this point where she could make that sacrifice play. Um, and it's not that I, I think she wasn't capable of doing that. Like it all made sense, but it almost feels like with this entry in the black widow, it's like taking the timeline and just like zooming in a little bit and being like, Oh, here's this. That was always there. And yeah. And, and to, to drill into it a little bit more, like I like the way this movie sets up, you know, it takes place after civil war. The vendors are broken up. The thing that she thought she had with them is gone. And now she's being faced with, I say, quote unquote, real family, because we we recognize that it was a stage thing, but it was the closest thing mm-hmm. to a real family that she and Yelena had. And so I like that they show that in order to get to the point in Infinity War and Endgame where she has to fix that family, she first learns how to do it with this real one in this this movie. And I thought that was such a great... Yeah. Um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a great way to reinforce how she gets to where she gets in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the... Um, I guess, at least for me, the thing that I took so much out of her deciding it should be her to sacrifice herself despite the dark path that Clint went on is he was willing to forgive her and not let the past dictate who she is. So she wanted to do the same to him. And Mm -hmm. I think that is Mm -hmm. similar to what happens in black widow, where she realizes that the past of her family could be fixed as well. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a little convoluted, but that's, that's what I was coming feeling coming out of this movie. Yeah. I think that's a great Mm -hmm. parallel. It is. It is. I, I really like, we talk a lot about the the balance between what needs to be shown on screen and what can be sh- done off screen, mm-hmm. and this this prequel format of being able to like zoom into this part of the timeline with this character, I, I think really worked well for me. It's like it's like it's like the expectation without this movie is that character growth happened off screen, right? And and getting that glimpse now and showing us was really satisfying. Mm-hmm. I think I said on 
on an episode that I did with you guys, it was one of your questions of the week at some point. And I, I think about like, what movie along the timeline would you like to see or something to that effect? Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what your question mm-hmm. was, but I remember my response to it is like, I want to see like leading up to infinity war, like what's going yeah. on with like Natasha and Steve and Sam and all those people. And so I, I just, I was really, really excited to be like, Ooh, this is the part of the timeline that we're zooming in on mm-hmm. and seeing this particular character during th- that time. And I I was just so excited by that premise and it, it completely mm-hmm. delivered for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another thing that I really enjoyed about them exploring Natasha's character a little bit more is she frequently made references throughout the MCU to the red in her ledger. And given given the way that her character is introduced, I'm assuming there's more to it than, than just this moment we learn about in Black Widow where she sacrificed Dreykov's daughter to to get out from the clutches of him. Mm-hmm. But I think this movie really shows that this is the one that's been weighing on her all these years. And it's, it feels weird. Like I, 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 it feels weird to say I enjoy it because obviously it's a very dark and heavy thing, but it also feels like another one of those missing pieces for Natasha, I think, to be face to face with this thing that's haunted her for so long. And it was, it was interesting that this movie was able to both set it up and resolve it within one entry. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, and and the Red in the Ledger, to your point, Trey, and Dreykov's daughter was sp- explicitly named by Loki in the scene that they share in The Avengers back in 2012. And to just like, again, the internal consistency within the MCU is something that I always find mm-hmm. so satisfying that it, nine years ago, <laughs> you know, sitting in a movie theater, you have Loki talking to Natasha and saying Dreykov's daughter and now here I am nine years later and I'm watching the story of what happened with Dreykov's daughter and it's it's just really really fun yeah yeah there was a lot of good little easter egg references the whole thank you for your cooperation uh back to an Avengers right uh reference uh the whole bit about posing being a poser I love <laughs> but but just kind of that <laughs> reference throughout the movies of especially back to you know, Iron Man 2. Um, I guess it was a little bit of that in Winter Soldier as well. But yeah, I just, I loved being able to, or not me, I loved that they were able to pull that through all, you know, all throughout the years. Mm-hmm. You say you, Jude. I, you know, I'm always trying to get us somehow on the Marvel team. The three of us have to start pitching. Can we come be part of the continuity team that gets to clearly watch these movies right. and be like, hey, <laughs> you can insert this little bit here. Yeah. That'd be a dream. Yeah, so, sure. I'll leave my day job for that job. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody at Marvel's listening, we're available. <laughs> oh, man. Well, outside of Natasha... What other characters stood out to you? Um, Jude, we can start with you this time. I'm actually going to go with Red Guardian. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've mentioned, you know, Florence Pugh, but I just, I, I just loved his character. I loved seeing his attempted interactions with his daughters the best way he could. And, and I uh-huh. guess because I have kids uh, and, and, and daughters. But, but just those, it, the, his own way of, of trying to be something that they needed and something they, that they, that, that they wanted from him. And, and in the end, the connection of like, yeah, it was real for him too. 
you know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the, his character I really really enjoyed. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, you know, I know going in, I was so and and I'm I'll be completely transparent. It it was my expectations of him was super official because like oh i'm a captain america fan this is supposed to be a captain america like character i was really excited for him and he does have a great arc i don't want to take away from that but i was not expecting him to be as self-centered as he was in this movie Uh to comedic effect but i liked him more because i liked david harbour more than i liked the character himself so I'm excited for hopefully more of him so we can still watch that continued growth from being this like very self-absorbed person to being somebody Mm -hmm. who could care for his family. Mm -hmm. And I love how as self-absorbed as he was and as kind of clueless as he was (laughs) in a lot of ways, like there, there was like a very kind of like sweet ignorance to Mm -hmm. him in a way Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like, I I think um, Natasha says to him at some point that he's an idiot, but it's (laughs) he has his own kind of internal consistency, right? So when he is talking about how proud he is of them, and he's like, you were the best child assassin, (laughs) like, you know, like for him, like, like, he really thinks he's really proud. Um, So I really enjoyed David Harbour's performance yes, there as well. So good. And and specifically, I think one of the things he mentions is like, there must be so much red in your ledger. <laughs> yes, yes. It must be yeah. dripping red. <laughs> dripping red, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um Tara, was there any other characters that stood out to you in this show? Yeah, I, I did already reference the character of Yelena and I thought that she was just completely dynamic Mm -hmm. and i was predisposed well frankly i was predisposed already to like david harbour Mm -hmm. as a fan of stranger things and Mm -hmm. i i very proudly have an eight by ten photo of david harbour in a frame that was signed and addressed to me even though we haven't met that's Um, okay we are from yet (laughs) (laughs) he is from the yeah (laughs) yes he's from the same county in new york that i am from and uh so there are some connections there that are loose connections um of degrees of separations between me and david harper so he doesn't know that but i know that's that. super cool <laughs> and, <laughs> um, degrees of separation so, from david harper so needs to be an album title but <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um but he uh yeah so i was already a fan of his and i was already a, a fan of florence Pugh as well so I was very excited about both of those actors and both of those characters. And she absolutely didn't disappoint. Um, from the moment I, I saw mm-hmm. that vest, I was feeling very emotional. <laughs> and what I really enjoyed about her performance, too, was that she provided some comedic relief, but in a way that it didn't really, it didn't seem out mm-hmm. of place. And her emotional connection to Natasha was so deep. Mm-hmm. And the way that, you know, this character and this actor captured both the why do you do that pose thing that was so (laughs) funny, but she also was able to capture that, like, absolutely heartbreaking, um, the best part of my life was fake, or whatever that line is that she said it was, right? So that character absolutely popped and I, I i'm sure they have plans for her in the future of the mcu clearly the end tag teased at that mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't i don't really know what else to say that hasn't 
been said because I she's incredible mm-hmm. and I'm just really excited to see mm-hmm. more of her. Yeah. From, from my understanding, I think Florence Pugh was already attached to this movie right as she has exploded, I think, in the movie scene. Like, she has been in so many great works. I think people are starting to, to pick up on what an incredible actress she is. And if she is going to be in the MCU for a long time, I think we're very, very lucky because she has brought a lot to Yelena and was an amazing addition to this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think the character that I want to go with as the one that stood out to me is... Taskmaster. And mm. I, I, I'm i torn because I would have liked to have seen more because we really don't get too much. But the idea of this character who is able to mimic fighting styles um, has gone through what they've gone through but are now free. It just feels like it's 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 ripe for storytelling. And if they keep Taskmaster as this lingering... I'll say anti-hero because I don't think we have a, a heading on which way the character will go. But if they become a lingering presence in the MCU, that's really, really exciting. Yeah, I think so. And especially the Switch. You know, Taskmaster was not... Why am I blanking on the guy's name? His daughter. I should know this too. Oh, Drakeoff. Uh, yeah, it, Drakeoff's daughter. Drakeoff's daughter was not Taskmaster in the, in the comic, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm... That, that was a completely fine change. I don't, I loved it. It put Black Widow in a, in a really difficult spot, you know, and she had to wrestle with that. And that was fantastic. Uh, but I, I liked the change. I liked that it added something and a level to that, I think, character that they can go with uh, further. Mm-hmm. Can I shout out one more of character? Of course. Yeah. Oh, yes, please. This is going to be terrible because I don't remember his name or if he even had one, but Natasha's friend who brings her the supplies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, What was that? Did that character have a name? Okay. Um, So I just Googled it and it says agent. Agent? (laughs) That's. No. Agent. Mason? Okay. Um, So my information is going to be wrong because it also says Rachel Wise plays Iron Maiden. So please ignore me. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm on, I am on uh, IMDB right now. Uh It says Mason. Okay. So yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought him up. He was a good, he was a fun character. You know, I liked the tension that they had between the two of them. It was, it was really well done. With very few scenes, he had an opportunity to leave an impression. And I appreciated that. Um, you know, he obviously was a character who had like had this purpose to explain how Natasha was going to get access to the things that she needed access to. Um, but I thought that, you know, he was more than that. Maybe some of it's the credit to the actor or, or the writing or whatever it may be, but I thought he popped a bit more than that. And it was clear that he, um, that he did kind of like, I don't know if had a crush on her or, or, you know, like had some kind of feelings towards uh-huh. her. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I appreciate that they didn't try to put a, a romance in this film. I don't think this film could have handled a romance um, added on to all of the other thematic things that it was yes. doing. But I, I liked that realistically, of course, that guy would like have hearts in his eyes over <laughs> Black Widow yeah. because like who right? wouldn't? But <laughs> um, but <laughs> he, um, yeah, I thought I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he was great. And again, just the little subtle things, uh, the line at the end, uh, the thing all guys want to hear, you know, just just things like that. Um, <laughs> it was 
you know, he did a he did a lot with a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, and we you always get that from the from those characters. Like it's it's that showing us, you know, well, how does Black Widow? How does a character like that do the things she's able to do? Right, get the get the supplies she needs, get off the grid, you know, and, and a lot of times that's one of those things that, that gets left off screen. So it was good to see that. <laughs> it just, it's, I, I want to think about like anytime we see a movie now and there's a moment where, oh, our characters just got like a huge upgrade or they got transport and they kind of don't explain how it is. It's Mason. Like he's just been running this whole time yeah, yeah. throughout the MCU. Yeah, that'd be he's great. the one who helped them get the wings for Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. Like, <laughs> yep. he's the unsung hero of the MCU. <laughs> I love that headcanon. I completely like subscribe to that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Look at Trey oh, creating creating the things you don't like. Good for you. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be better. Get out of my way. <laughs> it works. It's so fantastic. <laughs> oh man! That they want to well, bring the one shot back. That's what they do. They bring Mason in, bring mm-hmm. him in, do a one shot of how he's getting his getting the stuff. <laughs> there you go. Because they already had Coulson's uh, busy day or busy week. It'll be Mason's yeah. busy week now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, moving along, I, I think what the, the next thing we kind of wanted to zone in on here is uh, the things that surprised us most about Black Widow. And starting with me this time, uh, I got to say, I'm, I'm coming back to Taskmaster again. I was genuinely shocked that it wasn't Melina as Taskmaster. And and maybe this is me bringing my own mm. expectations to the movies, but every trailer, the way it was shot, it just, it kept making me feel like there was going to be this big twist, like, oh, this person mm-hmm. that Natasha was close to ends up being the person she has to fight in the end. And I'm very glad that the movie didn't go that way, mm-hmm. but it just made me appreciate even more because like going into it, I was like, okay, well, if it's not Melina who who realistically could the reveal of Taskmaster be in the MCU? And there just wasn't anybody that seemed to fit the bill. And so I'm glad it ended up being the character of Dracov's daughter, uh, because I think you, you mentioned it, Jude, like it just fits so much better thematically to the story that this is the thing that Natasha has to come to face, uh, face-to-face with to reconcile her past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always effective when the villain or the antagonist, whoever your protagonist has to face, right, has to confront Mm -hmm. and fight, be that physically or not, if that antagonist is some type of, like, external manifestation of the internal struggle and conflict that the the protagonist Mm -hmm. has, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was perfectly done in that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, right, she had to... I mean, she's she's trying to correct her past, and she gets and she has to literally face her past, you know, mm-hmm. and and that and it was just so well done. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Tara? What were what were some things that surprised you about Black Widow? Well, one of the things that I wanted to zero in on was the credit scene that they put toward at the beginning of the movie after the cold open, so to speak, and 
as far as I understand, that's the first time since The Incredible Hulk that one of these MCU films has had the credit scene where you get all of the actors' names and like yeah. the big producers and and all of those people in the film at the you know at the beginning of the film. And I was especially struck by and yeah surprised by uh, the tone of that oh, credit yeah. scene and some of the extremely haunting images within that credit mm-hmm. scene. The cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit was also appropriately haunting and set a tone that I, I was not expecting. It, it was a very dark tone. And and the rest of the film didn't carry a dark tone consistently throughout. Um, but I also thought that it was it was appropriate in that, like, you know, you are about to watch a film that as, as much as there might be some hope in this film, uh, this is also a character who came to a tragic end. So um, that examination of the darkest parts of her past being part of that credit scene and uh, kind of doing that exposition of her childhood experience in that mm-hmm. way was something that I wasn't necessarily expecting, but it was something that I thought worked very effectively for me. I don't know if that's uh, going to be true across the board, um, if that took some people out of it, if some viewers were co- were confused by that, or if some viewers would have preferred to see the story explicitly mm-hmm. go into more of that part of her life. But it, it was absolutely jarring and and haunting and beautiful and sad and uh i i think that it did surprise me that this movie dealt with abuse Mm. and control and autonomy and these types of themes in in such a dark in such a dark way yeah to speak to what you were saying about how heavy it was like that those opening sequence uh past the part of seeing the family life and we get those flashes with the title sequence i was like am i in the right movie like this felt so different Mm -hmm. than anything we've seen in the mcu and i think to 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 plus one what you were saying about it being effective like as as disorienting as their childhood was because I, i think natasha already had an idea of it being staged but for yelena it was real to her as she says later on in the film so creating that gut punch and and showing us all in that title sequence how disorienting that life was i think helped set the tone for the rest of the movie um while not having to stay that heavy tone throughout like it was so effective in the beginning they were able to ride that emotional uh catharsis to the point we see the other black widows freed because we know how dark it was in the beginning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's i mean i by the time we two things by the time we finished those opening credits i was tearing up like i mm-hmm. i wasn't expecting how intense that was. And I love that we the very next shot coming off of that is Black Widow Natasha putting cold water in her face. And it was mm-hmm. like, because that's exactly how I felt. Like, I, it's like, I get it. I want to mm-hmm. do the same thing after watching what, what was just there. And so I think that I, that was probably the most surprising thing to me was just how intense it was. And, and it still had its Marvel MCU moments. 
but I was really surprised how intense it was all the way through. It, I don't want to say this because it's going to, I'm, no, I'm going to say this, but I don't want to say this and have it come across as if it was, I mean, in a negative way because I don't, but it felt like some of the action, action sequences were there because they had to be because it's an MCU movie, if that makes sense. Not that it was bad, but it was like, it was so tonally different, you know, you know from, from those themes in particular, which I love the sequence, thinking about the uh, breaking out Red Guardian from the prison. I mm-hmm. love the sequence, but it was so, it was your typical MCU Marvel kind of action piece that I'm glad I got to see Black Widow have that scene. But for the rest of a lot of the themes and everything it tackled, it was just so different. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, throwing I know for- this on the table as, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I guess what I was going to say, thinking about what Jude was just saying, is like, just to kind of put this on the table, but like, you know, maybe to table it for a future conversation is like, I wonder to what extent currently in the realm of the MCU that there are writers and directors and people, creatives being hired who have these ideas to go to these really, um, maybe, maybe really different or really dark or whatever they may be types of places in the story and then are kind of like you know slotting in the here are the genre conventions Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i i wonder just how exactly that's working because i know the mcu has attracted so many of these creatives who are really really unique in what they do and they're all kind of bringing their own brand to the mcu and that's part of what makes the mcu so great right is that like there's a consistency to all of it across the board. And yet at the same time, there's also the individual flair that you get. Um, so again, just kind of throwing that out there as I wonder if we're going to continue to see more of that. And, and certainly what we've seen in quote unquote phase four, even in the Disney plus shows is so much um, of this exploration of the trauma yeah. and yeah. grief and these really dark yeah. themes. So it's interesting. You know, that that's a, Good point, Tara, about the phase four exploring a lot of the trauma of these characters. Um, One of the feelings that I had is it took me a second to readjust to the pace of a Marvel movie because I think I have been spoiled by the shows having time to breathe. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it it makes me feel like I'm a little closer to what you were saying, Jude, about like, oh, this is this is here because this is a Marvel movie. And there were so many like this action set piece led to this one and to the next one and so on. And it's not bad because I think the thing that makes the Marvel movie special is that they can still find a way to pair those narrative moments. But it was for a second of me just being like, oh, man, like I need I need to catch my breath. This just keeps going. <laughs> like i think it was in that that scene where yelena and natasha were like driving away from taskmaster in the tank and i'm like man i'm still i'm still give me a second (laughs) you know what i had a similar feeling because i i i think it was when they went down into the subway and my thought was 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 is this what the rest of this movie is going to be just a chase like like because because it it felt, but but we haven't had a lot of action scenes like that through the shows, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, the action was great. I don't right. think it was bad. I didn't. I didn't like. Oh, okay, you know, I, at all. Um, right. It is. It is just different than what mm-hmm. we've been 
seeing since what February. Um, right. And and when you consider we haven't had a movie in two years. So I do want to say this, and this is just half joke, half actually surprised me. But man, Melina was so cruel to that pig. And I'm surprised that that was just like a moment that, <laughs> that was in the movie. <laughs> I don't know. If- Did either of you guys get like the vibe when Natasha was like, okay, that's enough now. Like I had flashbacks to the WandaVision scene with uh, Mr. Hart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The stop it scene. Yeah. yeah that's a good call. <laughs> that's where my, that's where my brain yeah. went. No, I, I, yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. No, my brain, I was just, I was right there with Natasha. Like before she even had that line, I was just like the pig, like, are we really going to watch a pig, <laughs> pig suffocate to death? I know it's not a real mm-hmm. pig, but I don't really want to see this. Like, <laughs> it was real to me. <laughs> okay, Yelena. Okay, Yelena. <laughs> no, I, I, oh, man. I will say this because I talked about how I was so expecting uh, Melina to turn out to be Taskmaster. I thought this was going to be the show's like subtle hint of like, oh, she's not who we think she is because this is very, very cruel what they're doing to the pig. Well, yeah. I mean, she's even like, oh, she, he has 11 more, what is it, 11 more seconds? And he'll be fine. I was like, <laughs> no, no. Just... That was rough. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, like watching this show. Okay, so my youngest daughter saw the trailer and wanted to go see Black Widow. And typically, and I kind of jokingly use this as an excuse to see it twice within the first weekend. Where it's like, no, I got to go see it first and then we'll decide. Which, I mean, for the Spider-Man movies, you know. And honestly, Infinity War and Endgame, all three of my girls were like, no, we're going right away. We're not <laughs> We're not waiting. <laughs> but this one, in the middle of it, even just that scene with the pig, like, I don't know if I can take them. Like, as, how intense and, and some of the stuff, just because my oldest, pro- yeah, but my younger two, I don't, I don't know. For them, especially like my middle daughter, you know, they're watching a movie and a, and you know, your typical, you think a character dies, but they didn't. And she, you know, we would watch a movie and she just started bawling. They're dead. Why? And stuff. And, you know, almost couldn't finish it. She would lose it at the pig scene. So was Rise of Skywalker a problem with the, you know, I really ridiculous Chewbacca <laughs> fake out? It, it has not been because I consider, <laughs> I consider myself protecting them by not having shown them yet rise of skywalker <laughs> <laughs> you're protecting them in, in multiple ways right? <laughs> so um yeah so yeah they have not seen that one yet sorry for being that person who <laughs> i had to bring up a, a rise of skywalker <laughs> no it's okay on your show you're I in apologize. the right place <laughs> oh you're in the right place I stopped just short of saying being a good parent by not showing it to him. That's, that, that was really my thought. <laughs> oh, man. we At some point, um, we just all three have to just do a Star Wars episode and just take jabs. <laughs> That'd be great. This is your invitation to it, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. So... Like we said, this was going to be just our our initial reactions to seeing Black Widow. Um, So I think that's going to do it. But before we wrap up, I think the easiest way to do this is just to talk about some of our favorite moments. Uh, If 
Tara, if we can start with you, what were some of your favorite moments of Black Widow? Sure. So I did already mention the credit sequence, which as much as it surprised me, it, it also I'm counting it among my favorite moments because it really, really stood out. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, I have a few other ones kind of just going chronologically in order. Uh, one of the other ones that really stood out to me was when Taskmaster runs into Natasha's car on the bridge and she's listening to a song that's like very 2016. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. It's uh, Cheap Thrills, I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> when the when she the, like her car gets completely smashed um it legitimately scared mm-hmm. me like uh and, mm-hmm. and the person sitting next to me too it was like we like kind of jumped a little bit and uh so that stood out and i've only seen it once by the way and i i, I don't know if i spoke with you did you see it more than once yet or just once? i've only seen it once i've only seen it once and okay. that, as of this moment i haven't done the premiere access yet but same totally i have not done to. the same. premiere access yet but i do plan on it mm. yeah Okay, cool. Yeah, I, and I the only reason why I brought that up is because for me, like thinking about favorite moments, I it, it's it's a very fun mental exercise to really think about like what stood out just on the first watch before mm-hmm. seeing it multiple times, before looking at, you know, maybe listening to other podcasts or before looking at too much discourse online other than maybe some tweets here and there. So, um so yeah, that scene really stood out to me because it, it got a reaction out of me and other people in the theater mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So after that yeah. scene, um, the Natasha and Yelena fight scene when they first reunite was really cool. A, a great hand-to-hand combat scene. I think I mentioned previously, I don't know if I did, the car chase scene, or one of you guys mentioned the car chase scene, which I thought was a really great action set piece. I also alluded to the scene where Yelena gets emotional at the dinner table with the like quote unquote family reunion, that whole part was really, really well mm-hmm. done. You guys mentioned the, the pig aspect, which was pretty disturbing. Um, yeah. But the conversation between all of them, the whole like stop slouching <laughs> and, and just like that kind of um, just the, the family feel like these four people who re- biologically are not family, right? Like the, their family construct was completely created for these ulterior motives and yet here they are thrown together again and navigating what that relationship is i thought that was really Mm -hmm. interesting to watch and it was also funny and it was also sweet and it was also sad and so i i liked that scene a lot and um and uh just to add to that too uh following that scene up red guardian in the room with Elena when they were singing American Pie right before the house was invaded. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done. That yeah. had me tearing and, up. I think the most right? out of any of it, just like the, 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 just Alexi trying to reconnect. And this was the only thing he could as a proof of like, it was real to me too. It was like, Oh, mm-hmm. the waterworks. <laughs> it yeah. was really well, well done. And it, it got to her too. Cause she started singing a little bit too and, and started smiling and, and nothing else was getting through to her when he was trying to talk when she, when he was trying to like level with her and just be like, yeah, well my father, like, you know, <laughs> and, and it just wasn't working. Um, but I, I thought that was really beautiful. I thought the choice of American pie as a song was really um really well done for yeah. what that song represents oh, and the and, imagery with the song um, when they played it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then I, I guess the last one that really stood out to me i mean th- it, this was a fantastic movie and and i think the more times i see it there are going to be more scenes but the last one that i had noted was and perhaps perhaps my 
absolute favorite was when Natasha was coaxing Drakov to hit her. Mm-hmm. And the way, like, the ways that Scarlett Johansson performed it, I, I was just so, so great to me, like, just so compelling. And the way that she kind of smiled at him and was just, it was a weird, disturbing type of scene. And then, of course, she follows it up with, like, you know, the sever the nerve line yeah. and injuring herself. And that's a scene I'm really looking forward to rewatching because it was dark and, um, upsetting and yet the way she performed it with the i mean in the character right having such kind of confidence Mm -hmm. um it's just very intriguing so i'm looking forward to revisiting Mm -hmm. that yeah i don't know if anyone has made breaking their nose look as cool as black widow did for that (laughs) moment and to fault to 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 preface it by saying because you weren't strong enough to do this, I have to. And then just bam. And it was like, oh man, she's so cool. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Jude? Do you have some favorite moments from the movie? Uh, yeah, I too. I love the opening sequence with the family and the choice of American Pie. That was great. The other two things that, there's a lot of scenes that, that stood out to me, but the other two that really stood out the most when Red Guardian was doing the arm wrestling contest mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about uh, fighting Captain America in 83 and then they like, start to call him on it. Like, he was still frozen. Like, what are you, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? There was a small part of me. Okay, so you mentioned thinking about the WandaVision scene. There was a small part of me <laughs> that, that my head went to Isaiah Bradley. It was like, oh, I was like hoping it would be in him. Uh, I know within the show continuity, it wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but my head kind of went there. Oh, maybe he fought Isaiah Bradley. That scene really stood out to me. And I really liked the scene where she was making fun of her for the poses mm-hmm. and calling her a poser. <laughs> and because I just kept thinking, like, they're talking about which one's a killer and, and stuff, but they're in this gas station and she's doing that, like, right in front of the person that works there. You know? mm-hmm. And and I just, you know, okay, so they're talking English and he doesn't understand English. Otherwise, like, you're having this debate on who's a killer. I mean, at least I'm a killer that's helping people. And it, and, and I just thought that was – it was so funny because it was such a good moment between them, but also the place in which they were having that conversation, uh, which uh-huh. just – was just comic was was just also comical to me so those those scenes really jumped off to me Mm -hmm. i can jump into mine because it pairs with yours jude you know the the conversation about the the pose and how yelena didn't understand it the one that got me the most was actually in the red room where she takes out one of the guards and she finishes by doing the pose and then gets up and just kind of (laughs) like pretends to gag just like oh I don't like that. And it was just like, what a great follow-up to an established bit in the beginning. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. And then uh, another one that I enjoyed is just the whole sequencing of 
because they they played it where like okay maybe Melina is not Taskmaster but does look like she is still in cahoots with Drakeoff and they pulled off the face mask switch again and it was that classic heist of like we're gonna explain what we're doing while we're doing it because of editing and it's gonna feel so seamless like not only was it a celebration of stuff we've seen uh, Natasha do back in Winter Soldier but it's just such a great trope of like break in movies that it just I really really enjoyed that Mm-hmm. That was great, and and I get. I mean, this one feels like an obvious one, but just to to throw it in here because to give us a chance to talk about it, uh, the intag. Like, I was mm-hmm. so expecting this movie, like not expecting it going in, but when we were watching the intag and we see Elena do the whistle, and I was like, no, there's no way they're gonna give us a hint that Natasha might be back. And then they immediately disrupt it with uh, Contessa blowing her nose. That was such a great way to set up that moment. You know what? Interesting. I was kind of expecting the whistle back, but it being um, like Hawkeye. Ah. Mm. But I guess we did get to see Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was wondering if Hawkeye was going to make more of a of an appearance in this movie, um, like a fuller cameo. I mean, I. Obviously, he didn't really make a cameo at all. It was just a picture of him. But um, obviously, they they addressed his his existence there in the end. And there was the whole Budapest bit. And so, obviously, that was kind of a reference to him as well. But um, that was one thing that I I wasn't sure going in. I thought maybe we would see a little bit more of him. And I guess instead of putting him in this, they're kind of more setting up uh, where that might go in the future. But the uh, I'll, I'll tell you, the audience in the, the theater that I was in all gasped at that moment yeah. and uh got, got a reaction out of her. it's so fun to be in a theater and they get that kind of re- collective reaction yeah mm-hmm. now i did text this with trey we usually don't talk about and we know we're going to review something we usually don't talk about it in, until the review or i guess react or whatever i'm really glad we got to see falcon winter soldier first Mm-hmm. And was introduced to uh, to Valentina mm. there rather than at the end tag. That's an interesting thought. I was curious about whether or not they changed her scene after the right, like once the timeline mm-hmm. of the release changed and they realized she was going to be in Falcon first. I was curious if they actually adjusted what her scene in Black Widow was, but maybe they didn't, and maybe they only adjusted her scene in Falcon. I'm not sure. You know what? That's I'm. I, I, that'll probably come out, but I'm really curious to know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just just for context, uh, the original timeline of these movies, I believe, was that in 2020, Black Widow was going to come out in May. And then that August, this is the one I'm a little iffy on, that August is when Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out. So it should have been this first, okay. um, which I agree with Jude. I do like because it makes her appearance a lot more meaningful having seen her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, but that's also a good point on your inter that they could have changed this knowing uh, the way things played out. So yeah, it'd be good the, to get some answers on that. The only, the only reason why I'm not, I, well, and I'm sure it'll come out, but I've, I've seen stories and heard stories, uh, I think from the director, Shortland, uh, Kate Shortland, that, that the Black Widow is literally just like finished and sitting on the shelf for a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that makes um, sense. But I mean, that doesn't mean they can't do something. You know, I mean, because once they know, it, but before they put it on the shelf, they're going to start knowing as they change release dates. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And move and shuffle those around. So, so yeah, uh, I can't wait to see some of these interviews and see see what happens. Totally. 
Well, I think that's going to do it for these quick reactions to Black Widow. So I do want to say, Tara, thank you so much for joining us joining us on this. It's been a long time coming, and I'm so glad we finally got to uh, do this episode together. Me too. This was a blast. And for any any listeners who who don't know, I know I, I think we've addressed this a couple of times, but this was the the first proposition from you guys about me guessing on your show was, hey, let's do a Black Widow reactions. And that's when we were all idealistic <laughs> and thinking it was going to come out last summer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it, it does feel very much like full circle that we're finally here and, and got to talk about it together. And it, it was really a lot of fun. So thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. And of course, if you're listening and you enjoyed this episode and especially Tara's thoughts, you can find more of her insights on Black Widow and a lot more of the MCU by subscribing to her podcast. There was an idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, um, and be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at an idea underscore podcast. Really, really great follows and, and subscriptions. Thank you. But uh, this episode, if you'd like to comment or leave us with any of your thoughts, you can always reach us at MCUDDNO on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to join our Discord, uh, you can find a link to it in the show notes. It's a lovely community of people who are just as excited about the MCU as we are. And uh, you can join in the conversation there. Yeah, and when you make your way over to the Discord, make sure you go to the role assign, click on the eye emojis. It'll give you access to all our spoiler channels and the most recent spoiler channel for Black Widow. Also, please be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, rating and reviews for feedback on Apple Podcast is always helpful. And, of course, the biggest thing you can do for us is to share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on a SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude and Tara, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Tara. Thanks, guys. We'll see you all next week. Well, you know, like we said, this was going to be just kind of quick initial reactions of Black Widow. So I think the best way that we can put a wrap on this is just to go through some of our favorite moments of the movie. Um, and Tara, if we can start with you. Uh, what were some of your favorite movies from Black Widow? I said that wrong. <laughs> Let me start. That with... <laughs> what was your favorite movie in Black Widow? <laughs> well, I liked the part when in the credits they were watching the television show DuckTales, which is not exactly a movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. But... <laughs> But in my heart, okay. it's a movie because I binge them and they're all run together. <laughs> there you go. Okay, let me start over. It's been a long week. I, I apologize. <laughs> it's fair. We've all been podcasting yeah. like crazy. Right? This is our okay. one, two, three. This is our fourth recording this week. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, I guess technically it's my fourth recording too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Let me let me get back into it. <laughs>